Welcome to LAPUX Lessons. This podcast is a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the online professional development space. Here at LAPU, our award-winning team strives to create world-class online learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us on our journey to innovate in the online classroom and show the world what learning feels like. Hi, welcome to LAPUX Lessons. I am Alex Mills, a senior instructional designer here at LAPU. And today I'm here with Los Angeles Pacific University Vice President and Chief Finance Officer Hilda Hospian and Los Angeles Pacific University Associate Vice President of Human Resources and Organizational Development, Lindsay Gonzalez. We will be talking about women in leadership and how women with organizational leadership can be powerful agents of change that have the far-reaching benefits of cultivating an innovation and organizational culture. So it's truly an honor to have you both here today. And I would like to start with Hilda. I would love to hear about your career history and your experiences and what brought you into the position you are now here at LAPU. Sure, thank you, Alex. So I started career-wise in accounting. I had studied it in undergrad and started in accounting. And it didn't take very long for me to realize I didn't want to just stay in accounting. I wanted to, because accounting is focused on stuff that's happened in the past. And I needed something a little bit more interesting, more challenging in terms of what's the future, because that's always the unknown. So I transitioned uh, about eight years in, I went back and got my MBA and transitioned into more of a finance, forecasting, budgeting, strategic planning role and switched gears and went to Disney. I started there and was there for 10 years. And often I say that's where I grew up professionally. I'd been at four other companies before Disney in an accounting role, but at Disney is when I went into a management role, more of a leadership role. And I, I remember the day that I moved from a cubicle into an office. So in terms of you're no longer just one of the team, you're actually leading a team. That was, I, I remember that. I, and I did it cognizant that it was going to change my interaction with the team members. I couldn't hear what was happening outside anymore. Like I'd have to walk out. So what are you guys talking about? You know, that kind of stuff. So that was definitely a big change. I was there for 10 years, progressed from a manager to a vice president. So that's why that's why I say where I really grew up. When I left Disney, I took a little bit of a family break and then came back here to LAPU, started as a director and then moved into the CFO role about two years ago here. And definitely in terms of impact and leadership, this role has given me the most impact in an organization. Though I had a vice president role at Disney, it's a much larger organization. So in a smaller org in a similar title, I think I have had felt more in that leadership role here. That is so amazing to hear your transitions and to see how much, like you said, you really grew from your experience. It was almost like you had your university education on the job. Definitely. And I think part of the educational part too, was to transition from where I was in accounting to move into that future forecasting. I went back to Pepperdine and I actually got my MBA there. And that was almost for me at that time, I felt like it was a ticket for me to say, okay, I have some experience, but look, I've got this knowledge base as well. And that helped open the door for me to be considered for a position that was outside of my just experience, right? Like you've got that experience, but to give me that little bit more to be considered for, um, 
a different type of role. That is amazing. Lindsay, tell us about your experience and mm-hmm. in, in your career history and what brought you into this position. Well, I feel just in reflecting back, I started to think that 20 years ago, I did not think I would be in HR um, as a career, as a profession. I think especially 20 years ago, the actual career itself, it was looked at as a little bit more just support, less strategic. It was more back office. You don't really show up at the table. And so really, that's how I started. I actually was not in human resources at all. And I was working in the accounting department, making collection calls for a small office supply distributor. And I was fortunate enough to have a CFO at the time who took on a role at a nonprofit and decided, hey, I want to, you know, do you want to come with me at this nonprofit? And it was a nationwide healthcare company. And so I said, sure, you know, how much are you going to pay? Absolutely. I'll go with you and I'll you know, work in the accounting department there. So, I mean, I was still, I was in my early stages of college and my biggest question was, will you work with my college schedule? And he said, yes. So I worked in downtown LA at this health charity and he mentored me along the way. And I ended up becoming an executive assistant from there to the president because there was a vacancy. And again, I had these two leaders at the time who just saw potential in me And they were willing to just give me more and more. And I felt just so privileged that I was able to just soak in all of the knowledge of the business and and be able to interact with board members and, and leadership just from an observing point of view. And there happened to be a vacancy then in the HR department and the manager had left after I think 10 years. And I remember the president at the time was like, well, Lindsay, you could do it as if it was just like, oh, just jump in it. It's just processing payroll. No big deal. And I at the time remember saying, I don't think I can do HR like I I can support. I can learn and grow. But this is out of my element. And at the time I was going to school for advertising. So it was communication focused, but just totally out of my element. But I think the the skill sets that and the and the potential that they saw in me, the confidence that they had in me just really encouraged me. And so I just said, well, you know what? Why not? Why not take this this leap? And I think it was at that moment that I went from this support, supporting an individual to really being a leader in the organization and at the table making decisions. That was a pretty key point in my career. And I do, I was there for 13 years. And I remember going from, you know, executive assistant to manager to director there. But again, I was just so blessed to have a mentor and people who believed in me and were were willing to invest in me. And I enjoyed my time there as well. I really grew up on that, on that job. From that point, I ended up taking a a little bit of a break. And I did some consulting work for about six months. I tried for profit and uh, it just wasn't my forte. It was definitely a different culture than nonprofit. And I ended up applying for APU online at the time. And I got got the position and I was really excited though. I think I had two offers pending because I I really had to pray and seek God and say, okay, 
where do you want me? And I do remember wanting to pursue my education and get my master's degree in org leadership. And so APU stood out to me and and the rest is history. I've been here for seven years. And I've again, I, I really do cater more to the nonprofit mission-based organizations. There's just something about it that, yes, there is a place for those people in for-profit, but I really do navigate to nonprofit. That is so awesome to hear your story. I especially, what really touched me was the mentorship and the coaching that you received and how important it was for you in your development and how that just someone just seeing more in in you than even you see yourself allows you to kind of rise to a new level that we didn't even know we had in ourselves to do. So I think that's really, really key to hear that. Absolutely. I remember my president at the time, we would go to these big board meetings in downtown LA with doctors and lawyers and, you know, all of this prestigious people. And there'd be 50 mainly male gentlemen sitting around the table. And my president would say, don't let them intimidate you. You walk in like you belong. And I remember having that confidence from a young age because my age was a factor as well as my gender. I just felt just less than intimidated naturally. And I had that confidence saying, no, 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 you walk in like you belong and you will. So I I just, that was definitely an important part in my career development. Yeah. I think that that really shows what that does in someone's career almost like the crossroad, what it brings you to and what decisions it then leads you to go to. So that leads me to my next question is how, as women leaders, can you facilitate that employee engagement for both sexes, for women and for men, but how can we help facilitate that? I would love to hear what your thoughts are, Hilda. Yeah, I'm glad you opened it up broader because I do think that it's important as leaders to see ourselves as that part of our responsibility isn't just leading our organization and, you know, what's our strategy? Where, what are we aiming for? How big are we going to grow? How are we going to get there? But really a, definitely a part of our role is making sure that we are bringing up our team members, that we are looking for opportunities for them to grow and speaking into that, especially when people are open to it. So I, sometimes we as leaders identify and we say, oh, that person has so much potential. And so you go out of your way and you reach out to them. It's not always received, but I think it's important to do that for the people that we see that have potential and make that effort set up time with them, encourage them, give them like the boost, like Lindsay was saying to say, hey, you belong here. You belong, you should have a seat at the table and you need to speak up. I think something that Lisa, one of our colleagues had said in an offsite recently was, wow, you saved me a seat at the table and I have the place and I can speak, right? It's not just having a seat, but being able to say, say something. Don't just sit there, you know, it's not just having it, but being able to engage and and encourage people. So I think a lot of what I try to do as a leader, like I said, is identify the people that have the potential. Not everyone wants to be in a leadership role, but how do you identify who needs that and, and is open to receiving that from you and making yourself available that 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 is part of your role as a leader. It's not just, hey, I've arrived. It's who's around me. Who do I need to support? Who do I invest in? How do I invest? Because everyone's different. And obviously, Lindsay, the person that encouraged her was able to say, hey, speak up. They saw that that's what she needed, the encouragement. I know I've had opportunities here where I've said, you know, you've got so much potential. 
look at how you're interacting with others and look at how you're responding to others, you know, depending on the person, making them aware based on how I've interacted with them too, how they can go to the next step. Just this week, I have someone on my team that I was saying, you know, you're great. You know what I need from you now? I need exposure for you to the next level, not just me as your boss, but my boss needs to know how great you are, right? I think that's something that I've learned along the way. It's not just your boss that needs to know all the great things you're doing, but your boss's boss, because they're usually the one that are approving the, the next promotion. They have to approve it. So getting that exposure across the organization and then, and then to the next level as well. Yeah, I love the point that you made about the people who are open to it because you have to be open to receive that in order to have that engagement. Engagement's not one-sided. I can't pull you forward. Yes. It's a give and take. Yes. And I have had experience where I'm offering that. It's not received. It's okay. Maybe they'll receive it from someone else, but they're not receiving it from me. Not to be discouraged by that so that, oh, well, they're not interested. I'm not going to do it because someone else will be. And it's important to, again, see that as part of your role and reach out to the next person that, that you can help benefit them and help them to grow. Yeah. Lindsay, I would love to hear your thoughts on how we can facilitate engagement in our employees. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just reflecting as Hilda was talking about just some similar conversations I've had. We have a navigators program, which is our leadership development program. And I've had some conversations with employees who were nominated to participate in this program. And we have a cohort annually. And it really is an honor to, to be able to go through this program. And we have leadership invest into our employees once a month. They spend three hours and there's a, there's a certain topic that's discussed and it's really interactive. We're really proud of that program, but there have been some individuals who have opted not to go into the program. And I know some of the conversations that I've had was they don't view themselves as leaders. And I think that was an aha moment for me to really help define what is a true leader to them. Because even if you don't have a title, you have you might have that gift of influencing and leading without positional authority. And people do naturally look to certain individuals because of that God-gifted talent that they have and that leadership and, and the character that they demonstrate every day. So I think, you know, really having those conversations with employees, you may not see yourself in that light, but others do. And something that our, our current uh, president says right now, too, is in order to lead, you have to have followers. So it's like you're not a leader unless someone's following you. And I think that's another great analogy you can really use is just say, OK, you may not see yourself like that but you definitely have followers. So how do you develop that and grow in that area? Because God's obviously put you in that position, whether you see it or not, and it has nothing to do with your title. So I think that's also just a distinction I've been able to speak with employees about. The other, the other area just about cultivating women in leadership, we took a survey recently and had some discovery groups around how they can be, women can be more engaged and we had some critical feedback that was given and it was you know what we don't feel as engaged and we had to look at some of that feedback and say okay well what can we do better as organizational leaders so that we can make you feel more valued or how do we invest in you more if we're not doing enough already and i think that was also just 
the fact that we had those focus groups and we were able to bring in an outside facilitator to lead those discussions. I think that also shows our employees that we're listening, we do care, and we want to know more because you can take a survey and it can reflect certain statistics or a rating, but being able to dig deeper and really hear what the heart is behind that rating. And there was some, you know, like I said, critical feedback that, hey, this is this is the reality and this is what we're feeling. It may not be the intent, but this is where we're at right now. And I think we, we received some good feedback in terms of what we can do in terms of next steps to help our employees feel more engaged. And like Hilda said, it's not just female specific, but in this particular focus group, we really did invest in our females to hear more about why they were disengaged and dig deeper into that. I love the fact that LAP took the time to ask the questions that in most organizations, people don't want to go there because they don't want to hear the results. They don't want to hear the answers. I think it shows that we're not only a learning and growing organization and the culture is just penetrated in all that we do here, but it shows that we live up to our, our core values, which is caring, being exemplary. And not only is that one of our, you know, our values, but like you said, we have the mission of being God first. And it shows in the fact that we made those decisions to hear what the culture needed and what our organization needed the support in. But I also love, Lindsay, your point about leadership. We may not see ourselves as leaders, but that doesn't mean that we don't have influence. And that's cross-gender. You have the ability to do important things because there's someone who may be looking at you that you may not even realize is looking and watching you and even leaning upon you for guidance. I thought that was really powerful. To transition, we're living in an age of COVID. So there's many people who are now virtual so that now they, they have this level of distance and they're not working with each other, you know, face-to-face -face on a normal basis. And I think we've done a really great job with our digital model, which is a half physical, half digital. <laughs> so I would love Hilda to hear now that we're in this space of being on Zoom and having remote positions, how can in a virtual space, what, what are some strategies to help promote women in leadership and provide opportunities for them to grow in now this new era of organization culture? Yeah, I think when I was thinking about this, I don't know how strategic it is, but it, it's almost tactical. But for me, I think um, my advice would be as, as a woman or man, it doesn't matter, like how, how do we promote leadership, right? So it's in being intentional. So we're on these Zoom calls. Often there's 10 people and with Zoom and we turn off our video. Well, if you were in the office, you wouldn't be turning off anything, right? You would be there in all of your glory. I think that's one of the things, like I said, maybe it's not strategic, but I think it's really important. I think it's, it's the closest to FaceTime we're going to get. When the opportunity comes, don't shy away from it. Be prepared. You have value. Like Lindsay said, that she was encouraged, speak up. When you're given an opportunity, be ready to speak up speak up in a way that is uplifting to the people that you're speaking to. Sometimes I have opportunities to speak up and it becomes critical. Like I had one of those situations this week where I regretted that I went down the critical path as opposed to an uplifting path. Thinking about 
what we're saying and how it can be received. So when you have an opportunity, take it, because we know in a virtual environment, it's less. Be present so people see you. If it's on Zoom, if it's on a Google Hangout, let people see you. Seeing your name is not enough. I mean, I really do encourage that. I know I'm an extrovert, and so I'm probably more comfortable than an introvert is gonna be in that situation, but it's even more important for us to speak up so that we're heard. And most likely you have something very valuable to say. Your experience is your experience. And the person that you're talking to doesn't know it until you share it. So give your experience value enough to share that. Be intentional. And I would also say, reach out. Reach out to people that are not in your normal silo, like your team. Reach out to others. Reach out to other leadership, other people that you can encourage. Be proactive in being seen and influencing and offering input and do it without expectation in return. I think those things come eventually, often. And if we make ourselves available and show the organization one of our, like you said, caring is important, learning. I've learned this in the last year. I want to share this with someone else. Leaders don't all of a sudden intuit what the team members have. If you share, then the person receiving is, oh, wow, that person has that knowledge. When that comes up somewhere else, you can say, you know, we can bring this team member and they had some really valid points on that topic. I think it's much harder to be seen in terms of your knowledge and experience. So you have to own sharing that with others and being intentional and being visible for others to see that. I think that that was so on point because a lot of times we don't even realize the opportunities are there or even when the opportunity arises, go for it because of fear or just saying like, okay, should I even speak into this? Do I, I have this information? And at LAPU, we always talk about being thought leaders. Mm -hmm. And so we have something to contribute, even if it's just a thought. So I love how you said it's just, especially on a virtual environment, we have to speak up and be present. Being present is so important because we really do ourselves a disservice when we're not active in the environment. Yeah, I would say, can I add, if you don't value your opinion, how is anyone else going to value it? You have to be the first one that believes in what you're saying. So don't say anything until you believe it. But when you believe it, say it so someone else gets the benefit of that. Yeah, Lindsay, I would love to hear your thoughts as well of some strategies in a virtual environment. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the, the strategies that I have are pretty basic, but at the same time, I feel like the reward is, is great. I'm not an extrovert. <laughs> at least I wouldn't, I haven't, I haven't scored that on my tests, but I do see that being intentional, what Hilda had said and making those connections, there's nothing in it for, for either party. It's not a request in terms of, Hey, I need this from you. Let's schedule a meeting. These coffee times that that we have the virtual coffee times. I think that they're wonderful. And, and I'm actually better one-on-one -on -one than I am in groups. So I think that those being intentional about reaching out to colleagues throughout the organization saying, Hey, do you have 20 minutes to, you know, have some coffee this morning? And you sit there and you just talk about the world. You talk about what's going on in each other's lives. And it usually does evolve to your work life, but it may not. And I think that just that intentionality of 
being present and building relationships, that's something that's so important because we don't get the opportunity to walk around the office anymore and chit chat and, you know, have those little interactions or go to lunch on the spur of the moment. So I think what Hilda had said definitely rings true for me as well. It is, I'm not going to lie, it's challenging to squeeze those times in, but every single time I do, it is just so rewarding. And I think for me personally, I've learned so much about the other person. You feel a connection on a different level than just, oh, this is their subject matter expertise. We're going to talk about this today. And I think that that's important. As you know, I mean, emotional intelligence and relationships is a huge part of your success in, in an organization. And those times of just conversation are important. So I would say that's a, a very basic strategy, but fit it into your schedule. It's important. I just want to say thank you both Hilda and Lindsay for sharing your expertise with all of us today. I honestly could sit here and talk for hours with you both and just literally soak up all your, your experience, all your knowledge, and even the way you strategically think through things. I, I just appreciate the time that you gave us today. And for anyone else who would like to learn more about cultivating employee relationships and diversity, please check out our courses on LAPUX. We have courses titled Employee Relation and Engagement, where you can receive an online certificate and digital badge and take so many more courses on organizational leadership and human resources. We also, in honor of Christmas this holiday season, will be offering a giveaway on all our social media platforms. The giveaway will be a free one-hour consultation and walkthrough of the LAPUX course design process with our award-winning design team. To enter, go to the LAPUX Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn page. Like and follow the giveaway post. And for multiple entries, share the post in your stories or tag your friends in the post. Make sure you hurry on over and enter into the giveaway for the chance to win. So I, I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. And remember, this is what learning feels like. Thank you for listening to this episode of LAPUX Lessons. We hope you had fun learning something new today. If you did, please take a few seconds to review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We value your feedback so highly because we are doing this for you. Come connect with us on social media so we can get to know you better. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lfau.edu to see the courses that our awesome team has created. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. Or you can subscribe to this podcast where we will announce and feature new courses as they become available. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, this is what learning feels like.